We're glad you guys are here this morning. My name is Jason Soderstrom, and I hope you guys had a great 4th of July. I love the 4th of July. I think it's my favorite, one of my favorite holidays. It's summer, watermelon, corn on the cob, blowing things up. I'm, I'm still like a 12-year-old boy. Uh, I told my wife, I'm like, saw a fireworks stand. I'm like, the kids really need some fireworks, Molly. <laughs> you know, I'm like... And then I went and bought a lot of fireworks. And I'm the person that, like, doesn't light one at a time. I try to light, like, multiple to get a real show going. And so I'm lucky to still have a finger. But welcome to Valley. We're glad you guys are here. I'm excited to dive into our series, Refresh, A Summer in the Psalms. And really that word refresh, if you just look it up in Webster's Dictionary, it means to give you a new strength, to reinvigorate you, to give you energy. And like Paul said, sometimes in life we do things to refresh us, to give us new life, to give us energy, and they actually kind of drain us. And so this next four weeks as we walk through the Psalms, we're asking God to reveal to us how do we refresh our souls. See, we can go refresh our body, but how do you refresh who you are deep inside of you? And in Psalm 107.9, it says this, it says that God is this, that he'll satisfy the thirsty and, he'll be, and he fills the hungry with good things. See, there is a a desire for satisfaction in us all, to be refreshed, to be satisfied. And God wants to do something in each of our souls to give us good things. I'm going to pray for us real quick, and we're going to jump in to the message today. Lord, we just ask that you'd be here with us. Lord, I pray as we look into how to be refreshed, that you'd give us wisdom. Lord, that we might learn from your scriptures, and that we might know you deeper after today. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you guys ever looked at the mountains? I mean, we live in an unbelievable place. You ever looked at the mountains and you just feel like it's calling to you? Like, I got to get there. Like, I just got to go to the mountains. I, I don't know if you're like me, but I just, when I see the mountains, there's something in my soul, like deep in me, that I'm just like, I just want to go and get in the mountains. There's just something pulling me there. I was riding my bike a week ago, And I decided on a whim, I was like, Molly, I'm going to ride to Lafayette. We live in Boulder. Before you get impressed, I have an electric bike. So certainly it's like I'm passing like people that are really trying hard. You know, the bikers don't really like me that much. But uh, I go to my appointment, then I come back, and I'm coming down baseline. And if you've ever gone down baseline, past 75th into Boulder, and you go around uh, baseline reservoir, if you just stop right there, you get this amazing view. It's the Flatirons, it's the Indian Peaks, and they're all snow-capped still. And I was pedaling my bike, and I literally pulled off. It's kind of a busy road, so I didn't want to go. I had to pull off into the neighborhood, and I just sat there for a second. I looked at the mountains, and I was just in awe. There was just this awe-striking thing inside my heart that I go, God, you were amazing. And today, I want to show us that God created the earth and everything in the earth to point us to him, that he is calling to us. What's crazy to me is humans know this. There's a desire in us all to appreciate and love what God has created. Did you know the outdoor industry is growing faster than almost any other industry in the U.S.? That the outdoor industry a few years ago, I don't even know what the stats are now, just in 2016 was 2% of the GDP of the U.S. The outdoor industry alone is almost $400 billion. A lot of people say the reason the outdoor industry is growing at a rapid rate is most of us 
don't experience the outdoors anymore. Most of us don't get in creation. Most of us, you know, with the, with the digital age and with media and so many things in our, in our society, we don't actually get to engage the outdoors. Like Paul was saying, he's like, I, I went on vacation and I, I didn't even have my cell service. I don't know about you guys, but I used to get frustrated when I don't have cell service. Now I'm kind of happy when I don't have cell service. There's something inside of me that wants some peace in my life, that wants to escape to something to give me just joy. Amos 4.13 says this. It says, He who forms the mountains, who creates the wind, and who reveals his thoughts to mankind, the Lord God Almighty is his name. That our God... He created those mountains. And so when you see those mountains every single day, and there's that sense in you, it is, it's God calling us to himself. When you feel the wind, it's, it's him revealing himself to us. And he reveals his thoughts to all mankind. The Lord God Almighty is his name. The mountains are not calling you. The wind is not calling you. God, the creator, is calling you. He's calling out to every single person on planet Earth. And today we're going to look at an unbelievable psalm about creation. Did you know Jesus was there during creation? A lot of times when we think about the Bible, we think that God the Father created everything we see. But in Genesis 1.26, it says this. It says that God said, let us make mankind in our image. Who's us? Not let me. Let us The Godhead, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they're all in part of creation. And so when we think of creation, it was just not God that says, I'm I'm calling you. It's Jesus. And so Jesus is so evident in creation. And then Psalm 19 is our text for today. C.S. Lewis actually calls this one of the greatest lyrics the world has ever known. Psalm 19 1 through 6, and in two weeks I'll be preaching on the second half of Psalm 19. And let me read it for you. It says this, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the expanse, the stars, everything, and they proclaim the works of His hand, His handiwork. And day after day they pour out speech. Night after night they communicate knowledge. There is no speech. There are no words. Their voice is not heard. Their message has gone out whole earth and their words to the ends of the world in the heavens god he has pitched a tent for the sun it's like a bridegroom coming from his home it rejoices like an athlete running a course it rises from one end of the heavens and circles to the other end nothing is hidden from its heat this psalm was written by david where did david spend his early years He was a shepherd boy. He spent it outside following sheep around. And David knew outside. He knew the outdoors. He knew sheep. He had no iPhone. He had no magazines. He had no TV. He just had sheep. And so when all you have is sheep, you start pondering life. And you start looking up and go, huh, look at the sun. Look at the star. I wonder what that means. And David writes this in his early years. David studied two great books. He studied nature and he studied scripture. And David in Psalm 19.1, it says this, what the heavens declare the glory of God and the expanse proclaims the works of his hand. 
the heavens, the stars, when you look up, it says they, they declare the glory of God. That word declare, what does declare mean? In the, in the Hebrew, it means to count or to make a written record of, to make known. So God has actually made a written record that to be made known to all people through what? The heavens. The expanse of the stars. When you look up and you see the sun, when you look up and you see the stars, they are declaring, they're making a written record of God's glory. That word glory can kind of be confusing at times. And really all it means is just a majestic beauty, a splendor, this recognition of God's handiwork and honor. It's this awe-striking thing inside of us. There's this beauty of God. Uh, We see this also. Moses in the Old Testament, he asked to see God's glory. And you know what God told him? He's like, I'll reveal it to you, but I can't completely show you my glory. If you were to see my face, you would fall down and die. See, God's glory, his renown, his amazement, his grandeur is nothing that we can completely comprehend. That he is above all things. He created all things. And in him, is completeness. And what I love is the connection of his glory. I think it's really an interesting thing is that his glory, we see it in its fullness through Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians, it says this, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it says, For God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, the creator, let light shine out, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory. And how is God's glory displayed? In the face of Jesus Christ. See, the way that you know God's glory is through the life, the death, the resurrection, and the power that is in Jesus. That is how we know his glory. But going back to our psalm, what David is saying is the heavens declare. The sky declares. Everything in creation declares. It says in in the next verse in 2, day after day they pour out speech. Day after day, they pour out speech. Night after night, they communicate knowledge. In the Hebrew, this word pour out actually means a gushing spring. It's abundant. It's powerful. And so think of it. Day after day, what's day after day? The sun. Day after day, it is pouring out its speech. It's not an it's not audible speech. It's a speech to our souls. And night after night, it communicates knowledge as you see the stars on the sky. There, there's no speech There are no words. Their voice is not heard. It is heard everywhere. What I love about God is God is not a a God of the Jews. He's not a God of America. He is a God of the world. And he created the world so that everyone might know him. And so the stars in the sky, the sun in in our heavens, everything communicates. It it transcends all languages. If you're in Papua New Guinea in a tribe, you can see God's creation. You can see God's glory. If you're in America, you can see it. It's throughout the world. It's communicating to the ends of the earth. And lastly, it says in the heavens, he's pitched a tent for the sun. He's put the sun in the heavens. And it's like a bridegroom coming from his home. It's running like an athlete on its course. If you think about it, the sun is kind of how we dictate everything in our lives. It's the calendar. It's time. And and the sun, it's, the sunrise and sunset, it is predictable. I mean, you can look, and it's always at the same time. And it has a course. 
And David's going, it is amazing. If you really ponder that the sun is there, it continues and it rises and it sets. And nothing is hidden from its heat. It's this powerful, powerful force. I think it's kind of interesting, too, that in this time, there's a lot of sun gods in their culture. And I think he's taking a dig on them and going, this is not a god because it's so powerful. The sun is so powerful. No, we have a creator God that created the sun. Did you know the sun? Let's show that picture. The sun, there's our sun, makes up 98.6% of our solar system. It is a crazy force. And as David ponders the sun, he doesn't know all the stats we know now, but as we know more and more about the sun, it should blow our minds. It should declare the glory of God. You can fit 96,000 thousand earths in the sun and god goes i created that i made that did you know if the earth was five percent closer to the sun the oceans would boil just five percent closer if you were one percent further away from the sun the oceans would freeze there is a creator god that made our made everything perfect everything for this life he goes i'm declaring who i am Just look up to the heavens. Look up to the sky. The creator is calling out. He's calling out to every single person on planet Earth. And he's going, I'm here. So when you walk outside today, maybe you should do this every day. And you feel the warmth of the sun. It should stir your heart to declare the glory of our Lord. It's perfect. Creator God made it perfect. Most people call this psalm a general revelation of God, how God reveals himself generally to all the earth. Next, or in two weeks, we're going to walk through the specific revelation of how God specifically reveals himself through his word as we continue on in Psalm 19. But it's interesting, the Apostle Paul actually comes back to this same idea in Romans 1, 19 and 20. It says this, that creation is calling out. It says, since what can be known about God is evident among among them, because God has showed it to them for his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been what clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. See, we know there is a God out there. People know there is a God out there. Even if you're here today and you're like, I don't know about this whole God thing. There's something that stirs inside of you when you think of creation, when you think how perfect it is, that it could not all be random. When you look at the mountains, there's something inside of us that stirs us, and God is calling us to himself. I like skiing. I was at A Basin this last year, and I love meeting people on a ski, a ski chair because you're, you're with them for five minutes and then you kind of never see them again. And so I'm sitting with this guy and he asked me, we get on this chair and we're like only like 10 seconds in. And he goes, mind if I smoke? And I know what he's going to smoke. And so I'm like, I don't care. I really don't. I'm like, do what you want to do. And so I go, he started smoking. I go, you mind if I, I got you mind if I ask you a question? He's like, okay. I'm like, is there a God? And just let him talk. And he's, he's like, you know, man, God's like these trees and like this mountain. That's, that's my, this is my God. It's the snow. It's like, well, it's all these things. And, and I'm thinking to myself, and I, I'm trying to help him unpack. He's kind of there. 
he's kind of there, but there's a problem. God is not the trees, and he's not the mountain. God is God. He's the creator of it. And in Romans 1, Paul fast-forwards five verses, and check out what he says, what we will typically do. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worship and served what has been created instead of the creator, who is praised forever. Human tendency is to worship the created things, not the creator. Now, you might be in here today and you might not be like, yeah, I'm worshiping trees or I'm worshiping the mountains. But for all of us, we have a sense where we tend to worship created things instead of the creator, even if they're good created things. And here's a point I want to make today in the idea of refreshment. If you do not feel refreshed in your soul, there might be a reason. And the reason might be, are you worshiping created things instead of the creator? I know I fall into this tendency a lot. It's easy for me to go, okay, what's going to refresh me is a vacation. Or it's going to be go to Breckenridge. Or it's going to be go rafting or go tubing. And those things are all great things. God created them. But when those things start being the things that make my soul filled instead of the creator, I will not be refreshed. You will not be refreshed. That's why you can go do all these amazing things and feel empty inside. Your kid's happiness will not give you fulfillment. Your own happiness, possessions, created things will never satisfy and refresh our souls. We can exchange things for created versus our creator i think it's a small mind shift if you want to think of the creator we were at the beach a couple weeks ago and i was planning out all our activities or everything i was going to do with our kids and i just stopped at that moment and i go okay this is not going to give me life they're good things god created them i need to worship my creator for a second and i just sat back and i just started thanking god for all the things he had given me, all the things he had done in my life. And it just brought this peace on me. And and then you know what I could do? I could go do all those fun things in the right perspective. It's all about your perspective. So going back to our psalm, David just didn't stop and he looked at the sun. He also looked at the stars. And I love in Psalm 147, it says this about God. Check this out. It's amazing to me. He determines the number of stars and calls them each by name. Great is God and mighty in his power. His understanding is no limit. That was a big thing to be written in the Psalms. When you go into the mountains and you can see the stars clearly, can you imagine that he determined the number and he calls them what by name, each and every single one of them. And that should blow our minds because when you think of how many stars are in the sky, how many stars are in the sky? I I was like, a hundred billion. I'll guess high, you know. 70 sextillion. 70 thousand million 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 that's 22 zeros people and god says that i determined every single one of them and i've placed them and i've called them by name that's why the psalmist could go great is god who can do that how mighty is his name the heavens when you look up to the stars they declare god's glory the sun is a massive radiant you can you can't even look at the sun and you have to turn away do you know there's stars bigger than the sun the biggest star in our galaxy or in the universe or in our galaxy sorry is canis majoris or vy canis majoris the big dog 
There you go. Canis dog. Yeah, okay. Anyway, for some of you got that. Anyway, the big dog. The big dog, look at its comparison to our sun. The sun is about a dot. Here's, here's, how, here's how I like to think about it. You can fly around the earth. If you're in a 747 and you didn't have to stop for gas and you went the average speed of a 747, you can get around planet earth in 36 hours. If you were to do that same thing for Canis Majoris to go around at once, it would take you 1,100 years. 1,100 years. And God goes, I created that. I hold that in my hand. I am bigger than that. I am greater than that. I am more mighty than that. It's amazing. The Milky Way galaxy, our galaxy alone has 400 billion stars. There are 200 billion galaxies that have 400 billion stars that astrologists have found. That would be like if you took every single grain of sand on planet Earth, it would be make one one-hundredth of the stars in the sky. Does that blow your mind? It should. And it should make you go, God is creator of that. His glory, the heavens, when you look up, they declare... His greatness. Right before it, though, the psalmist says something amazing that I think really hits me strong. And it's Psalm 147, 3. Right before it says he determines the number of stars. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. So our God is so great. He's so mighty. We, don't, we can't even approach that, but, but he does want us to approach him. He goes, I care individually about every single person. And not just generally, I want to bind up their wounds. I want to heal the brokenhearted. I care deeply. Great is our God, and he is to be praised. Jesus said he knows every hair on our head. Another psalm says that you were created specifically in your mother's womb, that you're wonderfully and you're fearfully made for a purpose, and that purpose is to know your creator. Your creator, God, the mighty God, the one that we should not be able to approach but can't, he is calling to us. He is calling to you. He wants a relationship with you. Can you see that God's big? He's big. He's mighty. He's powerful. Which means, if you have a problem in your life, have you ever said, this is too big for me to handle? This is too great for me to handle. It's not too big for God. It is not too big for him. He created everything. He's in control of everything and he's calling people to him. He is so big that he can take any issue, any pain, any hardship, any shame that you are dealing with currently. And he can heal it. The God who calls each star by name is calling you. Jesus created us, but that wasn't enough. Jesus knew that he, he's created the heavens and the earth to declare his praise, but that was not enough. Jesus is relentlessly after us, and he's calling you. That is why Jesus comes to planet earth, lives as a man, dies, and is resurrected, because he wants that relationship with us, to show us God's glory, to have this relationship with him. If you're in here today and you've never made that decision to trust Jesus, he is worth your trust. He is worth it. He's big enough. He can take all the things that you have and he can control it. 
So as we look at this idea of refresh, I want to just give you a quick takeaway of some things I've been doing as I, I ponder God's mighty creation. As I see the expanses of the stars and I see the, the sun every day in its warmth. These are the three things that I personally have been trying to do. It's, it's these three steps. It's to slow down, take a breath, and enjoy his glory. Slow down, take a breath, and enjoy his glory. From, I think we all kind of acts like we're climbing a very steep mountain. If you've ever climbed a mountain, if you've ever gone, what do you do? When it's really hard, I just kind of put my head down, and you start walking as hard as you can. And you're breathing hard, and you're tired, and, but you're going, and you're going, and you're going. Have you ever gone through a hike, and you're like, I forgot to look around. That's like why I was here the whole time. You just forget. But if you really want to enjoy a hike, what do you do? You slow down for a minute. When you're tired, you take a couple breaths, drink some water, and you look around. This is amazing. This is why I'm here. And you soak it in. For us, we can get going so fast that we forget the glory of our God. We forget it. We don't worship him. We start worshiping the created things. If you want to worship the creator, slow down. I actually have been doing this the last couple weeks. I, I'm a go-getter. I'm a busybody kind of person. I'm always, like, I kind of walk a little bit faster than everybody else. Like, I'm just always going. And I've been just doing this. I'll feel myself going fast. You know, you're rushing out somewhere. Sometimes you just got to rush because you're, you're, you need to hurry. But I've actually been slowing down my walk. And I kind of go, okay, I'm slowing down. I need to just focus on God for, like, 10 seconds. And I take a couple breaths, and I just, I just meditate on who he is. I think about what he's done in my life, and I thank him for everything he's doing. And then I just enjoy his glory. I enjoy what he's given me. I enjoy the place I live. I enjoy the life he's given me. Another thing I, I do to, to, to practice this is I just take walks. I take a 30-minute walk. I try to take a 30-minute walk here and there, and I just pray. I, I can't, I'm not really good at, again, sitting still. So I can't just kneel by my bed and pray. So I just start walking. And I like, we live in an awesome place, so you have no excuse. Uh, walking around, and I just walk by, the, by a creek. I walk by some trees, and I'm just thanking God that he created that. And, I, and it starts putting my heart in a posture of worship. If you want your soul refreshed, if you want to enjoy his presence, you've got to put down your phone. You've got to put away distractions. You've got to just slow down. You've got to take a breath in your life. And you've got to enjoy his glory. I would challenge you this week to actually practically do this. Or when you go on vacation, or if you go up to the mountains, slow down. Slow down. What are you in a hurry for? Enjoy his presence. Enjoy his glory. The heavens declare it. The mountains declare it. So 4th of July was over, and yesterday... I got on, we were at a friend's house, or some family's house. We are staying the night there, we got up. And my daughter, Eden, they have this huge trampoline. We don't have a trampoline because we neglect our kids, but they have a trampoline. And uh, she gets on it, and she starts jumping, and she's like, Dada, come. And so I, like, come over, and I just sit on the edge of the trampoline, and I, I kind of get, she's bouncing me, and I'm just watching her. And, and it's like 75 degrees out, and the sun is just hitting me, and I, I just kind of lay there, and I just stopped. I didn't have my cell phone, and I just sat, and I watched my daughter bounce on a trampoline 
And you know what? In that moment, I felt so much peace, so much joy, because I stopped. I took a breath and I go, the heavens declare as the sun radiates down on me. The heavens declare, the sun declares, my God. If your problems are too big, we have a bigger God. Slow down, take a breath, praise him for his glory. Jesus, we come to you today, Lord, and we thank you that you created all things, you're in all things, and that through, you, through your face, through your representation on this planet, we might see the glory of God completely. And Lord, we know that there are people here today that are struggling to slow down, to take a breath, to enjoy your glory. Lord, we are just people that tend to live for created things instead of the creator This week, God, I pray that we would get true refreshment in our souls, that we would allow you to change our hearts, that we would live not for things, but that we would worship you. Lord, let us focus on you this week. As we come into just a little bit of time of worship and we sing, we declare the glory of our God. Amen.